Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Yep, 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 yep. You already know what time it is, man. It's your girl, POC. Turn your radios up for the word, spread the message. You already know how we come in each and every morning live on 900 AM WRD, 96.1 Word Radio. You're tuned into Eco Word. I am your girl, POC. It's the first show of the year, so I'm coming with tons of energy. I'm excited to be speaking to you. Yes, you. Make sure you tap in with us. You already know everything we do is a FUBU effect. It's for you and about you. So hit that call in number 215-634-8065 toll free 1-866-361-0900 again that's 215-634-8065 toll free 1-866-361-0900 and we are also live on facebook so if you want to see my face as well as my guest beautiful face place that link in my bio to take you directly where you need to be we got a special guest on the line with us today. She's not new to the show. She's been on the show before, but she's definitely, you know, a student voice that I, I love to hear from because of the passion that she has behind this work for environmental justice. And, you know, here on EcoWord, we want to bring forth a greener, safer Philadelphia. So we want to align ourselves with the right voices who's doing the work, you know, not the people that's just out there talking, talking, talking. We want people who's actually boots on the ground, doing the work, changing the environment, the environment in which we live in, the environments in which we pay taxes in, the environments in which we're, you know, raising our families in. So we want to make sure we are advocating for the right people. But right now, I got my girl, Kayla Miller, on the line with me right now. Good morning, Kayla. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me. No doubt. How was your break, first and foremost, as a student? Are you, You're still on break currently, right? Yeah, we don't go back till the 17th, but I it's good. I'm having fun. I'm chilling at home with my mom, so. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, and so talk to me, you know, just a little bit about what you do. Uh, you're a student at Swarthmore, but before we get into the conversation, you know, tell us people a little bit about what you do and why you are passionate about environmental justice. Okay, I'll give you the spiel. My name is Kayla. I'm a junior at Swarthmore College, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I currently lead Campus Coalition Concerning Chester, also known as C4, and we work with our partner organization, Chester Residents Concerned for Quality Living, which is CIRCLE, and CIRCLE has been fighting against environmental injustice in Chester for the last 30 years, and so the relationship that C4 has a circle is very unique. Um, we have a reciprocal relationship where students learn from Chester residents and community organizers about how to organize. Um, and we also give our resources from Swarthmore just as students in the free time that we have to help circle out in any way that we can. And so I was drawn to C4 because I was like a high school student who was concerned about climate change and wanted to do something. Um, and then I took a course called Environmental Justice Theory in Action taught by Professor DeCuro at Swarthmore College. And and she put us in contact with Zuleen Mayfield, who is the chairperson of Circle, who I love very much. Um, and so after working with Ms. Zuleen and other residents in Chester, I just really fell in love with the community and the work that they were doing. And so I just kept going with it. Um, and that's why I'm here now. So I'm excited to talk about what we've been doing recently. No doubt. Um, and shout out to Ms. Zuleen because she advocates for you as well. She loves how passionate you are and how driven you are behind, you know, just changing the environment. Um, not necessarily just for Chester uh, residents, but for people in general and the next generation, such as yourself. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, so I want to get into today's topic because something that you guys are doing um, is highlighting LNG, right? And when it comes down to LNG, people are like, huh, what is that? Another acronym? Like, why are you throwing another acronym at us? So, Kayla, break it down. You know, when it comes to LNG, what is that all about? What is it an acronym for? 
Okay. LNG stands for liquefied natural gas, and it sounds exactly what it sounds like. It is <laughs> natural gas that has been cooled to enter a liquid state, and it that liquid state is used for energy. And so a lot of terminals are being built along the coast of the United States, and a lot of them have already been built in places like Louisiana um, to export this liquefied natural gas out of the United States into other places. And so the big hype around it is that it's clean. It's a clean way to burn fossil fuels, but there is no clean way to burn fossil fuels. And that in itself is an act of greenwashing or placing words like clean, green, eco in front of other words to make it seem like this is something that's sustainable and good for our communities. Mm, It's not actually helping it. It's just another way to get profit for governments and corporations. I think that's a great point. Um, and I want to ask you a question, you know, when it comes down to uh, liquid natural gases, is this something that is impacting us in the city of Philadelphia as well as the city of Chester? Like, how close is it to us? It's very close to us. So liquefied natural gas is transported on trains like the little um train carts. Mm-hmm. Um, these carts are referred to as bombs because they could have the effects of the Hiroshima bomb. And that can affect, affect not only Chester, but Swarthmore and municipalities like Philadelphia if these things do explode. So it is a direct connection to places like Philadelphia um, and other places like as it gets more popular. I just found out that, that there's one in Brooklyn being built by Con Edison that I had no idea about. And these are like pipelines that are built underneath our city so they can and affect places like Chester where the terminal is held. But if they continue with the pipelines of these place of these things, it can go into cities and other places. So a threat there's a threat everywhere. That's real. So when we talk about the development of LNG and the intersections of the issues that it has on environmental justice, particularly like what would you say how this affects or how would you say this affects marginalized communities such as black and brown BIPOC So I think when anything is branded as, when any environmental thing is branded as, oh, this is supposed to help us, and then it's only put in communities of color or low-income communities, I think we should keep an eye out for that. Um, liquefied natural gas has only been put in low-income communities in Louisiana or predominantly black and brown communities like Louisiana um, and other co- places like Chester along the coast. Um, and so it's just, I feel, another way to target communities of color and blindside them with like, oh, this is going to give you a job, but in the long run, it's going to make it so the place that you live in, your kids can't grow up here and you can't survive here yourself because of the chemicals that it radiates and other things like that. So I think it's just another harm for marginalized communities. And let's take a step back for a second, right? When we think about the liquid natural gases, can you give us an example of that? You know, for people who are like, well, what are these liquids? What are you talking about? Like, is there an example for people to be able to understand a little bit more tedious? So there's a facility in Louisiana um, and there's a group called Build Better Bayou, I believe, that's been fighting against it. And I don't have a specific example of what a facility looks like, um, but it's basically like it's like a big port, and then they have um, the carts, and they have like the they like frack the uh, the natural gas within the facilities, and then that is then exported. So it's basically like any other chemical plant, but it just has the word like natural gas. So like if you're driving down and you see like a big like facility, and you see like the smoke and like all of the things like like, like industry is happening. It just looks mm-hmm. like an industrial thing. So that's like what we can keep an eye out for. Or like if you see in your city they're doing some type of like piping in the ground and they're laying down something, and like a uh, energy company like for my example con edison in brooklyn is laying down these pipelines underneath the city and it's like oh this is for like energy purposes or like we're just trying to um connect other things throughout the city those things are actually like 
things that are transporting gas throughout those pipelines. So any type of like piping that you see that's putting being put underneath um, underground. Um, I just watched a video on Instagram in Louisiana. There was a school that has um, a pipeline underneath it. Wow. And then there's a sign that says that this is like, it, it's like combustible and just like to be aware of it. So these are things that we might not even see because they're like put in pipelines underneath our grounds. But like when they're being put in, like you see the construction, that's also something to keep an eye out for. Mm. So when they say that they're, well, that that could be, you know, a conspiracy. <laughs> I'm going to wait to the end to ask that question because I want to stay on topic real quick. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when we think about just the energy prices in general, especially here in the city of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania in general, how would you say that the increase of utilizing the, um, the increase of utilizing the liquid natural gases is actually helping the energy prices? Is it help, helping on a good way, harming on a bad way? Like, what is your thoughts on that? I'm not too well versed in the energy sector of it all. I think my priority. That's why they're doing it. They're saying it's. it's yeah, they're saying the that. Yeah. But I think the major thing is that the this LNG isn't even going into our communities. Like it, the United States wants to get involved in LNG to become an exporter. It's not about keeping this gas and its energy benefits in our own place. They're trying to export it so they can make money that way. So I don't even know if the, I don't know how Philadelphia is branding the LNG as like a way it can benefit in the energy sector, but it's simply not true. There, the case is that the LNG is supposed to be something that's exported. So it, it's not even like the focus is on our own communities or like helping American energy systems here. It's about the United States entering the energy sector because of the things with the war on Ukraine and how the energy and everything is blocked off that way and, and the United States trying to be involved in that way. Um, yeah, but I'm not too well versed in how they're portraying the energy. So is it, given, is it given that make America great again energy? Yeah, like this is how we're going to get back our economy back and back okay. on the head, but it's at the expense of black and brown marginalized communities. So again, it's on that make America great energy. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Everything has always fallen on the backs of black and brown communities, especially building, shaping, and establishing what America has, you know, as far as a foundation, for sure. I would advocate for that. Um, but I want to actually, you know, as far as the export side of things, right, can you elaborate just a tad bit on that for people who are listening? When you think about the fact that they are utilizing this liquid natural gas that comes from here in the United States and exporting it, exporting it, you know, um, how does that actually benefit us, you know, from the cities who are uh, reaping hazards from it, such as a city like Chester? Like, what do you mean by export? Like, is the federal government push, putting funneling money to Chester for this, for these initiatives? Like, are, is it a benefit up front at all? I don't believe so. Um... Yeah, I don't believe so. I think that with President Biden's ARPA funding, this was supposed to be seen as something that can like remediate, like remediate um, pre previous harms, like putting industries out, like trash incinerators, which aren't helpful, into like in and changing that into like LNG, which is something that is like supposed to be green and helpful. Um, but I don't think that there is any like financial benefit for the city itself because like Delaware County Council, which is the um, governing body that represents Chester or Chester is a part of had no idea that LNG was even being considered in Chester it immediately immediately went to the city of Philadelphia so that's not if there is anything that's benefiting Chester there's no transparency on those parts because they're not communicating with the bodies that the governing bodies that are supposed to represent Chester mm -hmm. so Chester has the train the rail the um, Amtrak they have the septic regional rail 
And then they also have the Delaware River right there as, as well as the port right there. So when we think about transportation and the amount of things that are being exported just from the city of Chester alone, how much do you think, how much liquid natural gas do you think is coming out of Chester? I think their plans are for all of it to come out of Chester, like to have the main port and then have all of that be like fronted along the waterfront. And what does that look like for residents who live in Chester? Like how? Well, there's how a plan, Yeah, there's a plan by Ellen, Penn LNG to basically wipe out the entire, like over 200 residences and businesses along the waterfront where LNG is being proposed. So those, they're mm. like... Yeah, there was a, I wish I had the proposal with me, but there was a big map of like all of the residences, like the list of addresses that would be. Um, so it's like third street on down? Yeah. Really? And in, in the the new, um, the, the new city council and the mayor and everybody in Chester, how are they, like, how are they just, like, I can't even say the word, like, how are they going back and forth with this? Chester is going through, they have a new mayor, Stefan Roots, and so Circle is still advocating to have LNG considered as a main priority for Chester City Council and other governing bodies. Um, Chester is under receivership, so there is a lot of issues trying to work with the local governing bodies um, and a bit of corruption. What do you mean when you say receivership? Just so people who are listening okay. can understand. So the city of Chester is bankrupt. And so there is a receiver that is delegated by the state of Pennsylvania to come in and handle the finances or advise on the finances of Chester. Um, and so they work with, he works with the Chester City Council and the mayor and all of those offices to yeah. the city in a governing capacity. Mm -hmm. So when you say these residents will be wiped out, do they have a plan for them to, for them to go somewhere? Like, what's the plan for these initial residents? There hasn't been any transparency on it. Um, the whole deal with Penn LNG, the company that's trying to bring LNG into Chester, is there. It's just not a lot of transparency. It, it was done in secrecy for the last four years, and so mm -hmm. a lot of the information that Circle and C Four is getting about LNG has been from like researching and diving in. So we found these like this plan for it, but they they didn't like announce this or anything. So there isn't transparency and a lot of the people affected don't even know that they're going to be affected. And that is a part of Circle's advocacy to help residents learn about what's happening with LNG. And when, and does the plan map out when this will go into effect, when this will take place, when residents just start feel, feeling the debris of this coming down? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Um, and this makes me want to go into my next set of questions as far as, you know, what you all are uh, advocating for, C4 and Circle, you guys are doing some big work. You are calling out the senators of the state of Pennsylvania. You're asking them to speak up. You're asking our senators to do some work. So when we when when we hear you all, you know, as far as students and your outcry, your poor, like where do you want us to fit in as people who are supporters? Yes. Um... So coming to circle meetings, circle meetings are held over Zoom and it's anybody can join a Zoom meeting. So that is a major way. Circle meetings are held on Thursdays at 7 p.m. The first circle meeting is actually happening um, or happened yesterday at 7 p.m. Um, but there ha <laughs> it happens uh, bi-weekly. Yeah, bi-weekly. So please join a circle meeting if you're able to. Um, another thing is understanding Philadelphia's connection to Chester outside of LNG. That's Philadelphia sends 400,000 tons of 
garbage to Chester to be burned in Covance's incinerator. And that is a direct way that the city of Philadelphia is also complicit in the environmental injustice happening in Chester. So it's important that as residents of Philadelphia that you're talking to um, any of your governing bodies to advocate for your trash to not be sent to Covanta or to just raise awareness about this. And this is something that I know that the city of Philadelphia is having conversations about because at the last um, mayoral debate for um, mayoral candidacy, Jeff Brown was asked, well, the, all the candidates were asked about Philadelphia's role in sending trash to Chester. And Jeff Brown responded that the trash has to go somewhere and that Chester is Chester. And I know that the current mayor, Sherelle Parker, responded that she didn't like his comment. She said that on the panel that that was not a great answer. And that's just a continuance of how he plans to treat black and brown individuals um, in the city of Philadelphia. So I hope that as she rises to her stance in mayorship, that she continues with that same energy and figures out ways to prohibit uh, or to work against trash being sent to Chester and to advocate for Chester as the mayor of Philadelphia, since she spoke on that a little bit at the mayoral candidacy debate. So just having people um, come to circle meetings, keep up with what's going on with Instagram, but also act as their own advocates and having conversations about our consumption levels, because consumption is a big thing that leads to waste. Um, yeah. And so that's something, of course, it's always going to be on corporations who are making profits off of um incineration or like profits off of us being consumers and c consuming so many things but it's also our responsibility as individuals to interrogate our relationship with consumption and to lower our consumption and think about where things go after we get rid of them because I know we have the mentality like hey we'll just buy this piece of clothing and if we don't like all of our clothes we're like donate all of them but we have to think about where those clothes are going afterwards like goodwill and this is a tangent but I'm gonna get to the point goodwill can't <laughs> <You're> good <laughs> goodwill can't take all of those clothes. So those clothes end up being donated to places in the global South yeah. um, and they end up in landfills in the global South to just harm environmental justice communities there or to be burned in things like incinerators that affect places like Chester. So I just ask us all to think about how we're consuming things and to also be advocates for Chester and whatever we do. When we hear someone say something like Chester is Chester, interrogate, why do you think that? Why do you have this understanding? Because environmental justice, environmental injustice profits and is feeds off of the idea that places like Chester are sacrifice zones and dump sites. And that's not true. We need to interrogate that in our everyday conversations and put our money where our mouth is and go to circle meetings and go to circle actions. Circle has also teamed up with things with organizations like Philly Thrive. Um, and so we're doing Love a lot that. of collaboration work with um, organizations in Philly. So even joining a local Philly organization is a great way to connect and be a bridge between Philly and Chester. Yes, I definitely agree. And that's why um, when it comes down to the work that Ms. Julene is doing with you all, um, and then also with Circle, I'm like a huge advocate for it. You know, from the moment we linked up, I said it has to be a way that we can keep, you know, um, your voices heard on a Philadelphia, you know, show. Even though the platform is based in Philadelphia, people from Chester listen to WRD all the time. And, you know, when we think about um, our, brother, our brothers and our sisters and our surrounding neighborhoods, Chester comes directly to the front of my mind, you know, so um, I want to make sure we are continuously, continuously having the conversation surrounding our Chester brothers and sisters and the residents, you know, because what's affecting Chester is affecting us. Because if the city of Chester goes down, then what are we going to do with our trash? Then what are we going to do with other things that have to come from Chester to Philadelphia in order for us to have a thriving city? So I definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Um, but I want to ask you this question, right, Caleb, because there are people who are not on the opposing end, such as yourself, there are people who are advocates for this um, LNG because it, it is a profit, it is a gold mine, right? So when you think about people who are advocating and saying words like, 
we're creating more jobs, we're putting more money back into the community, we're making sure people who, you know, who was not able to get a job because they have a felony or whatever it may be, they can actually get these type of jobs, they can learn a trade, you know, they can learn new technology. How, how are you feeling about that? It's very twofold because I would never tell someone that you shouldn't take a job if you need it. Um, but I also think it's important that these things are being dangled for a reason. And this is what I study in school. Like I took a class called Environmental Justice in Latin America and a lot of residents who were living in the city that we were talking about worked at the local coal mine. And so in the short term, they were thinking about how am I providing for their, my family? And a lot of these people were men. And then there were the women who like provided for their communities trying to emphasize the long term. But like in the long term, how is our community even going to be here if we continue to support this thing like the mining thing? And that's different from LNG. But I think the sentiment stands that the government and corporations will try to I am trying to think of the word, like not bait us, but like dangle like job opportunities in order to get us to work at facilities like that, that end up harming us in the end. And so my goal and my aspiration is to make sure that these, that this doesn't even enter Chester so that no one, it's not like, cause I said before, and I said this on the previous show that I was on, but also in a, a TikTok that I did, but to work at an LNG facility, you have to have five years of experience. And that means you have to have lived near an LNG facility. There is no LNG facility near Chester. So this job, these job opportunities aren't going yeah. to Chester residents. They're probably not going to Philadelphia residents either because there's no LNG facility near Philadelphia. So this th these jobs aren't going to people in the community or helping. So that is that that's a fallacy that that's a lie that's being sold to community members um to like and emphasize the officialistic. Mm -hmm. And so they will always dangle job opportunities um, in front of us to say that this is a benefit. They will always talk about the economy, but we have to think about our care economy and how we're going to survive and how our communities are going to, you know, build and be generational in the future. And so it takes a lot, uh, it takes people like organizing in order to be able to say, no, like I'm not gonna take that job because this is the harm that it's going to cause to my facility, to my community. And I commend people who are in these positions who are taking a stand against it. And I think that's why it's important that we have community organizing so that people know that they have like a group to fall back on when they're like being denied these opportunities. Like rather than putting in LNG, which is like immediately harmful to the environment, let's think about solar energy. There's so many yeah. groups with a group in Philly who's, in a um a local group at Swarthmore who's trying to get so called the Good Energy Collaborative, trying to get solar energy into places like Philly, North Philly, and Chester. Let's think about that. Having people become solar technicians and learning about the benefits of solar energy. There are other green, actual green jobs and a green economy that can be put in place. And seemingly simple and clean and green, easy solutions like LNG is not the only answer to finances and to helping our economy. Um, and it can't be the only thing that we're offering people in these communities. No doubt. For those who are just tuning in, again, you're tapped into your girl POC, host of EcoWord, each and every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. We got a jam-packed show. But right now, you're listening to the voice of Kayla Miller. She's coming from Brooklyn, New York, but she is now currently a student at Swarthmore University, a junior at Swarthmore University. Um, and she's passionate about environmental justice, as you can hear. We're talking about LNG and how it's going to be affecting the residents of Chester, but also just affecting us as Americans as they continue to roll this out this these liquid natural gases out in the you know in our country and what does it look like for people who are living in these marginalized communities where these plants will pretty much be designated um and Kayla I want to ask you you know my last question before I let you go 
when it comes down to just the work that you're doing, right? Um, and we see that this is something that we cannot stop. You know, this is the LMG, the whole initiative is going to roll out. It's something that's already happening in different places. Like you said, it's happening in Louisiana. But when it comes down to the work that you're doing, how can we find some type of solution for something that's not going to stop? In your opinion. I would, in my opinion, I would push the idea to be like, I think we can stop it. I think that's the first okay. step hope and imagining if you can't there's also another community organizer that I work with that's worth more about I've interacted with that's worth more college or through Swarthmore and her name is O and she teaches us that in order to create change you have to be able to imagine what you want so I do think that this will stop I do think that like hope and imagining is our solution but also putting hope into action um Miss Celine always says, don't cry for us, come join the fight. So <laughs> I think saying that there's no solution or this won't stop, that's a cry. Like come, there are ways to fight. There are people who are willing to fight and willing to put their money where their mouth is and put their livelihoods onto this. So I think the first solution is to just show up. It's it's so easy to do. And while it might seem so abstract and huge, like, oh, there's nothing I can do. This is bigger than me. When you join a movement of people, you see, like you feel so ignited. You feel so like, powerful like you could do anything and so coming to a circle meeting because I promise if you come once you won't you'll want to keep coming you won't want to miss one um and finding community in that um can be a solution and showing up I always imagine like when I get a little bit helpless I'm like oh this isn't doing anything I always imagine like what would happen if we didn't say anything if we never said anything about LNG or about the trash incinerator about Covanta and Chester like what if we never said anything no one would know and it would be status quo but at least that we're out here and we're challenging what's happening we're putting up resistance because even a little bit of resistance is something that stops or prohibits it or delays it a little bit more until it comes to fruition the LNG terminal we went to Delaware County Council initially because someone told Miss Suleen that there were like she they asked her about like her stance on LNG and Chester and she's like wait what what LNG and Chester so after doing research and finding out more information we went to Delaware County Council and we said this is happening to Chester this is like a proposal happening to Chester you need to like what is your stance on this you need to put a strong stance out and they were like what do you there's no proposal like what do you mean like I I I empathize but there's no proposal being put out so we're like okay and we kept fighting we kept putting out our LNG campaigns on social media as we kept spreading awareness and then the Philadelphia task force LNG task force came out and Delaware County Council was like wait what are y'all doing like no one told us about this this is unacceptable and they all put out a strong stance against LNG but how we listened to Delaware County Council who told us that there's no LNG and that we're we're causing a ruckus for no reason this thing could have gotten a lot bigger could have gotten yeah. a lot more advanced and so that is a solution that's how we stop it we are going to stop it it's not going to happen so showing up making a fight making a noise bringing attention to the issue that's how we do that's how we create solutions i love i love the passion kayla i love the passion and again this is a junior this is a junior in college man so kayla tell them how they can find you email social media all that good stuff if they want to reach out to you and get involved if you're a college student you want to get involved with c4 um our instagram is chester dot C4. And then if you want to get involved with Circle, their Instagram is Chester underscore EJ and their website is ChesterPAEJ.org. And you can also find them at Chester Residents Concerned for Quality Living on Facebook. They had to make a new Facebook page, so they're trying to get their numbers back up over there. So please go check out their Facebook page. Um, yes, that's all. I don't doubt, man. Kayla, I appreciate all the work that you're doing. Please keep me in the loop with this story. I want to see how this story continues to unfold. Um, I, 
I love the passion. You said we're gonna stop it, so we're gonna stop it. So it's like I'm on your time, I'm on your team for sure, for sure, when it comes to this one. Um, and I wanna definitely see how the regulations change, you know, as it continues to roll out. How do they put in these, you know, um safety and responsibility measures to make sure that if they are gonna put these ports in there, how they're keeping the people safe at the same time. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. So please stay locked with me. I, I'm encouraging you to continue doing the work that you're doing because I love the passion that you have. And I thank you again for joining us on this Friday morning on WRD. Thank you so much, PLC. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.